like to welcome everybody to the Coaches in the Mouth. Hey, got a great episode today. You know, we got week zero coming up. Uh, me and Brent are going to talk a little bit of high school football, but got a special, special guest today. Uh, Chris Vaughn, scout for the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, a lot of people, you know, on, on uh, social media and just watching preseason football. His son, Deuce uh, Vaughn, uh, playing running back for the Dallas Cowboys, having an outstanding preseason. Wow. Hopefully, he makes it. Uh, you know, Bray, what's some things you, you want to hear from Coach Vaughn? Well, um, you know, he's he's entering his football season just like I am as well. So I'm going to I'm gonna sit back on this one and, and let you all kind of get after it. I may uh, ask him a little bit about what his job uh, looks like now uh, versus his recruiting, you know, in college. I'm sure there's some, some big-time differences there. Mouth? Um, I want to, uh, first of all, talk, talk to Chris, talk to Coach Vaughn about uh, his uh, being recruited by Kim Dameron coach at Fort Smith Southside now and former Murray State defensive coordinator. And I want to ask how, what it was like playing, for, being recruited by a coach, by coach, playing for the coach, and then working with Coach Dameron at Ole Miss as both full-time assistant coaches, outside linebacker coach and secondary coach at Ole Miss. And I want to ask him, where did Deuce – get his twitch because coach Dameron and coach nut reaffirmed to me that coach Vaughn, Chris Vaughn was a great player, but had no twitch. Oh my gosh. Well, I've known him a long time, you know, him, and, and I want to go through his career, you know, talk to him a little bit, you know, his, his experience at, at, at Arkansas, obviously at Ole Miss. And then, you know, being in Memphis and then people never ask this question about, you know, working in Texas, you know, how much pressure is there, you know, just the, the expectations and, and 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 that part of it. And then I want to talk to him really and this is something I've never you know been in around football all my life is talk to a scout how the war room looks on, on a NFL draft day. I, sure. I think that'll be outstanding. Well let's quit messing around here. Let's bring him on our BSN guest, Chris Vaughn. Coach, glad to have you on. Awesome to be here. Awesome to be speaking with you guys. Well, let's get into it a little bit, and we're going to talk about you quite a bit, but let's talk about your son, Deuce. He, you know, drafted by the Cowboys in the sixth round. You know, you're a scout there. Let's. I want you to put your dad hat on just a little bit. Okay. Had a great had a great game last night uh, against the Seahawks. He's really done a great job as far as returning kicks and, and, and putting himself to marking himself be a special teams player, but also the running back. And he is all over social media and listen to NFL network and all play, you know, Darren Sproles keeps coming, you know, just remind, put your dad hat on. Tell me a little bit about draft day. It's been documented and, and just brag about your son a little bit. Well, um, I will, you know, it's hard, Jeff. It's, it's hard to put on a dad cap, you know, you don't, you know, cause as a former coach, you, you don't want to be that dad. You know, we've all yeah. dealt with that dad before. Right. Um, but uh, I talked to him this morning and, uh, I said, Hey, you just think every time you play an NFL game, you're supposed to score. Right. And he kind of started giggling. Uh, cause it's, it's been a pretty good start for him. You know, uh, the first two preseason games he's, he's scored in both of those, uh, competitions. So, uh, it started off really well for him, you know, here. Uh, really proud of him. Uh, you know, of course, I've seen him kind of 
do this at every level, you know, and, and it's funny because the coach in me is naturally, um, um, you know, always wondering like, okay, you know, how, how's he going to, you know, when he went from high school to college, I remember being at that first game and going, you know, I know he was a good, co- a good high school player, but how will it translate, uh, you know, against these college guys? And next thing you know, it was like, you know, uh, and it, and, it's, and it's funny because it's it's kind of like that right now, you know. So first pro game, I'm sitting there, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm I, Jeff, I'm I'm more nervous watching him than I ever was coaching, as I ever was playing, you know. So I mean, I, I'm standing up in the, I've got a seat, but I'm standing up in the stands, and you know, so um, you know, his first, the first time he touched it, you know, against um, uh, in the first preseason game. Uh, I went, okay, he's going to be okay. Like I saw the quickness, I saw the burst, uh, and then he had a pretty good day. Uh, but there's always – and then so, of course, the coach skeptic in me, here's week, here's the second week of preseason. Well, how is he – you know, can he do it again? Was it a fluke last week? You know, so – and it uh, had, you know, first touch, uh, you know, uh, as a runner uh, scored, you know, nice run, made a guy miss. And, you know, so it's been, it's been, it's been awesome to watch. Uh, really, really proud of him. Um, try not to put too much pressure on him, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, um, trying to control my wife. Right. Because <laughs> my, my, my wife doesn't have a, um, a, a mom coach hat. It's full-time mom. Right. So I have to, I have to remind her like, Hey, you can't be too loud in the stands. Cause this, I, I work for these people. Right. So I, I want to continue no matter what happens, we need me to keep the job. Right. So we can pay exactly. bills, but, uh, but it's been fun. Well, good deal. I mean, you know, we got one more preseason game to go. You know, we record this early and we'll drop it later. But, boy, you just got to be proud. Let, let's get into you. I mean, you've had an interesting career. I, I, I've you know known you a long time and uh, just just watching you grow as a coach and where you're at. Let's go back to your high school days in Tallahassee, Florida. I mean, and, uh, you know, back then Florida State was real. You know, the state of Florida football back when you were coming out. Florida State, Florida, you know, Miami, they were all there. And you get recruited and go through this process. You get recruited by Houston Nutt, Kim Dameron to to Murray State. And I believe you're the first guy they offered. I was one of the first, I was one of the first in their recruiting class because when they got there, you know, they had taken over. So of course you got some kids committed and going, but I was I was one of the first uh classes that they started from scratch, you know. So uh, you know, their early evaluation and, and that and that part um, grew up a huge Florida State fan, you know, living there in Tallahassee. And of course, you know, now the the Alabama's and the, and the, and the Ohio State, well, Florida State was that, you know, in, in the early and mid 90s when I was coming out and, um, you know, always wanted to play there, you know. Uh, but I tell people all the time, you end up exactly where you're supposed to be. And, and I think that's really big for young recruits to understand is where you want to be and where you need to be uh, sometimes are different and that's okay. You, you usually always end up in the right place. And, uh, and that was Murray state for me. I had no idea where Murray, Kentucky was uh, coming from Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, but uh, coach nut, Charlie, Charlie Wiles, who's at, who coaches at uh, NC state now yeah. uh, was on Houston staff uh, there at Murray state. And uh, he was a Florida guy and, and uh, he was a holdover from the, from the uh, coaching staff that Houston took over and uh, started recruiting me and, uh, and just fell in love with, with coach nut and the coaching staff. 
And I love football. So as long as the people were good, I mean, I, you know, it was a small town, uh, you know, one side, one side of the stadium. I mean, I mean, it was just, it was a small college town. We didn't have a Chick-fil-A, didn't have a Burger King. Uh, but I had an opportunity to go play football with good people that I trusted and, uh, and just really have come to be, you know, closest people in my, in my life to this point, you know, as far as in coaching and, and what they've done for me and met my wife there. She's from Murray, Kentucky. Uh, of all places. So I've, I've still got a connection to the town because we go back to visit, you know, every summer or so to visit. So, um, but it was just a wonderful experience to be recruited by Coach Nutton. And of course, um, he left uh, my, it, it's, it's so funny. He left after my redshirt sophomore year. And when you're 19 years old and your your coach leaves, you have no concept of how the game works, you know, uh, he had to leave to eventually be the head coach at University of Arkansas and then Ole Miss. Um, but when you're 19, you feel like he left me, you know, he, you know, personally, you take it so personal, you know, and usually people get job, you know, he took over a Boise state program that, that was just okay. You know, he kind of started that, you know, started that uh, Boise state run to be where they are as a, res- uh, a respected program, but he kind of got that thing started. So when he left, of course, you leave a, a job when you're a good coach to go take over a program that's not too good and build it up. So, of course, we looked at it like, wait a minute, we won the conference here two years back to back. We got guys coming back. Why would you leave us to go there? But again, as a as a 19-year-old, you don't understand how the process works. So fast forward, he takes the he takes the job at Boise. Um, they win. Then he gets a chance to come back to Arkansas to be the head coach. Well, that was my senior year. And, and I always knew I wanted to be a coach and, and uh, thought I wanted to be a high school coach. thought I wanted to go back to my high school and be an English teacher and coach high school ball because everybody always told me college football is such a business and you can't have the same type of relationships with your with your coach as you had with your high school coaches. And that was always a big thing for me until I got to Murray State and I learned that, you know, I could have a relationship with my college coaches like I did in high school. I mean, it, was, it was a great family uh, atmosphere and, and environment there at Murray that Coach Nutt kind of set up. So uh, changed gears, and I wanted to be a college coach. So Coach knew my aspiration to be a coach. Uh, we kept in contact when he left, uh, and he brought me on. as a, When I graduated in December, I was in Fayetteville in January uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a graduate assistant, uh, graduate assistant for one year uh, in 1999. Uh, two th- I, I, Keith Burns left to go be the head coach at – uh, Tulsa. He took me with him. Then Coach Nutt called me back to come to Arkansas. I was, I was at Tulsa for about six weeks. Uh, called me back to coach the outside linebackers, Tony Bull and Kenny Hamlin and, uh, you know, all these guys, um, you know, Jimmy Beasley, some really some really good players. I saw I saw Ken Hamlin. He came to visit us out in California where at practice and had a chance to see him and kind of joked about the first time I, I met him. That, that's a good story. I'll tell you here. You got some time. But uh, and then I was I was with Houston for the next uh, I was with Houston for 13 years, Arkansas and Ole Miss. Well, and it's funny how you just hit that. And we were talking about this before you came on. You know, you go to Tulsa six weeks and. And, you know, that didn't really work out for those guys. And you get an opportunity to come back. Talk to us, you know, the ups and downs when y'all were here. I mean, some great moments. You go, yeah. you know, to beat Tennessee, the number one team in the nation. You go to SEC championship games, you know, those type things. And there's some years up and down. But right. tell, talk to us about your time at Arkansas and the, the relationships you built and, and just your experience. 
Well, you know, that was my first uh, experience and a great one um, at major college football. I mean, I can remember, I mean, I can see these these vivid images of me driving into, I didn't know where Fayetteville, Arkansas was. I, I didn't know where, Mer you know, I'm a Florida kid. So, you know, these places are all new to me. I can remember my car being packed up with everything I own, driving from 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 Tallahassee to, to Fayetteville, coming over the big hill. First of all, I come up and I've never seen hills like this before, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm driving kind of white knuckled and I'm, you know, uh, and, and I and I come over the bend and I see the town and, you know, uh, pull up and, and and this was major college football. I mean, it was just, it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, I'll tell you what was great, Jeff, and this is like when I, when I met you, the, the, the high school coaches in the state of Arkansas are, um, they, they don't get appreciated for the job they do around the country. I mean, just, just great high school coaches, great tradition uh, there uh, in that state. I mean, a lot of pride. I mean, and that was one thing that we tried to pride ourselves on during our time there is having those relationships with the high school coaches and getting to know them uh, and building inroads. Of course, it was it was so personal to Houston being from from Arkansas. And uh, and that became, you know, again, that bit for a guy that wasn't from Arkansas, that became very important to me because of how important it was to him. And uh, and then the kids, I mean, just loved recruiting those kids because it was so important. You know, you go into those homes and one of those schools and you had to you had that razor back on your shirt and just the kids eyes, the way they lit up. I mean, you're a kid from Arkansas having a chance to play at Arkansas is is such a big thing still to this day. Um, and, and and it was just it was just amazing. You know, our, our time there, like you said, we had some up and downs. The the highs were as high as I mean you could have I mean some of the wins, you know, beating LSU at the last minute. The, you know, uh, you know, be our last game, beat yeah. LSU our last game uh, there, but uh, just had some 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 great bowl games, beating Texas, you know, just I mean, just some some great memories, um, you know, some tough battles, uh, took some lumps at times, won some big ones, and that that's college football. That's the life of a college football coach. You kind of got to roll with the punches, but uh, our time at Arkansas when it was when it was good, it was the best. I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I've got. I've got goosebumps thinking about uh, driving, you know, down Markham, going to War Memorial Stadium. And and uh, we're getting ready to play. It might have been the LSU game, um, but we're getting ready to play. And we there's people, our bus is coming, and I can see people, like, banging on the – I mean, I can see it banging on the bus just as we're driving up. I mean, just such a great memory of, of, of all the good times there in, in, in Arkansas. Well, and, and you guys did a phenomenal job. It's funny. We had coach on earlier and talking about, you know, the high school, you know, coach came in, it was like, he was one of ours. I never, I never have seen the state like that as far as high school coaches being so proud, you know, yeah. and coach Pittman's done a good job, you know, with here and they've embraced everything. Well, y'all going, you know, Coach ends up going to Ole Miss, and then you're, right. you're down there. Uh, I was watching uh, the deal on SEC the other day about, you know, y'all beating Florida and Tim Tebow, you know, the famous speech. And what right. for that, that would never been created. And, <laughs> right. and, 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 and talk to us your time. You know, you're still in SEC to a different right. spot. And, and you know, your your time there, you know, with with Coach and, and, and the Ole Miss atmosphere, you know, that's, that's a great program also. Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about going – you know, there with coach is that we, he took the culture with him, you know, which was great. So you, so you, you're at a different program, but the same type of family atmosphere, 
You enjoy going to work with with the people you're working with. Uh, you enjoy the kids. The, one of the hardest things that we've ever done is those first two years coming back and playing Arkansas, you know, either at home or on the road um, with with a group of kids. So you got a new group of kids and you're playing against the group you just left and you still love those kids. I mean, you know, one thing I'll say is, you know, sitting in those living rooms, recruiting those kids, you know, you can't turn that off. You know, you sat in the living room, you loved them. And, you know, it was never a thing where, you know, it, it would have been different if we left out of conference or went to the other side of the SEC, but you're still in the SEC West. And we left all those kids that uh, that that Coach Petrino uh, inherited were guys that we sat in the living rooms and recruited. So the first time I'll never forget, we go to we go to Fayetteville. And before the game, we've got those kids coming over to us. Now, this doesn't happen in any other any other situation, right? You know, you, you go to, you go to other games and they're mean mugging you and you're giving them the ugly look and you know you're you know, and I mean this is like a reunion with all the kids coming up to you, hugging them and 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 before the game, and you're like, well, wait a minute, the the the, the whistle's gonna blow here, we're gonna kick this thing off and 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 you know in a couple minutes and. You know, I'm trying to get these guys to come, you know, knock your helmet off. Uh, but, you know, and, and so, you know, you, you you wanted to see them individually do well. You wanted to win the game, but you still wanted to see guys you recruited do well. So it was a it was a weird dynamic, um, one that I'll never forget, just because until those guys cycled out, it was still so personal because, you know, you, you love those kids on that other sideline, too. Um you know, our first two years at at, at Ole Miss, I, you know, I, I give credit to to Ed Orgeron every time I get a chance to tell this. I mean, he left us some really good players there, um, and uh, and and we coached them up, got the two back to back uh, Cotton Bowls, uh, playing Texas Tech and, and Oklahoma State, um, and we signed some good young players. It was we just those last two years. We just could we we couldn't flip it as fast. And and one thing about this league. They don't wait for you to say, well, you know, in about two years, you'll be ready to go again. You know, so, you know, I would like to say that when Coach Freeze first came in, that he had a good foundation of young guys that happened to be juniors and seniors that he could build off of. A lot like when we took over for for Ed, you know, uh, there was a foundation there that we could go win early. Uh, so, you know, um, you know, I, Coach Nutt is his record, of course, speaks for itself. He's uh, such a great man and a great coach. Uh, it's very unfortunate that after after his, his his coaching days at Ole Miss, that there wasn't another group of of young men to be influenced by him. You know, I, I was really fortunate to have played for him and then worked with him for three, you know, for thirteen years. You know, so uh, you know, I think about you know, it, it's funny because when I got to Arkansas and I heard Coach talk to the players. It was so different because I had sat in those seats before, not at Arkansas, but as a player. So I had a different perspective when I went into home visits to talk about coach. You know, uh, I had different perspective when he would talk to our players and I'm sitting there uh, listening and I'm like, you know, um, I've heard this one before. I know where he's going with this speech. Uh, I felt what they felt even as a, you know, as a coach. So it was, it was awesome. And, and I, and I hate that there's a there's a there's a group of kids that missed out on that opportunity uh when he was done but uh but yeah I had a, had a great time at at uh at Ole Miss especially early you know the the last two years were tough um but uh but had a but I had a great time and again it was about the people you you go through tough times 
you know, at the end of a, of a run at a, at a place, it's about the people you're with, you know, because it is a hard job. So being, you know, enjoying the people you're working with and, and feeling like a family definitely helps. Well, no doubt you, you leave there. And this is a good question. I think is you've played for coach nut. You've coached with coach nut for 13 years. And I, I guess you and James Shebesh, y'all go over to Memphis yeah. and, and, and I'll never forget you know, Tommy West was, was leaving out and makes the statement, you know, help the next guy, you know, oh, let's yeah. get her facilities. And Justin, you guys come in there and really get that thing going yeah. in, at Memphis at the right direction. Tell me how your, your feelings was, you know, coach nut and you know, that staff, you know, that's family to you. And even though James is coming over and you probably know a lot of the other staff members at Memphis, yep. you're going to with a new head coach. Yeah, it was different. You know, um, you know, like I said, I had never worked for anybody else. So coach nut was, so everything that, you know, what I thought, um, all my foundation of, of, of what a coach should be a college coach was a lot formed by coach and about, by the guys that were there. Funny you mentioned James Shebus, who's, uh, probably my best friend in, 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 in the profession still, I just talked to him last week, um, 15 years together at three different places, you know, that, that doesn't happen. And, and, um, because he was the special teams coordinator and I was the young coach when we first started, I'm always the first assistant. So I'm, you know, the old guys, you know, yeah, put, put the young guy, he's helping the special teams on kickoff return and kickoff. And, you know, so for 15 years, you know, I was his, you know, right-hand man on special teams. He was the guy, but I was the young coach. So it was always, you know, I was always with him and, uh, and our kids, it's funny because our kids are the same age. So we're, you know, I've got pictures of my kids and his kids, you know, in the backyard on the swing before elementary school. I mean, when they're very, very young and, and, uh, you know, matter of fact, uh, JJ is, uh, is, is very proud of him. He, he's a baseball coach there in the area now. And, Really proud of him, uh, and just to see him where he is now. I had to give a little shout out to to my man JJ. Uh, really proud of him because he's like family. But you know, we go off to Memphis, and uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> Me and James are laughing because you know we go from having an indoor, you know, at both places. It is cold. It's off season workout, and we're outside in Memphis, and we're looking at each other like, "What have we gotten ourselves into?" Right? Because we're freezing, and we're, we're getting the guys going. Um, but the thing that helped was Justin Fuente. Um, Justin was a teammate of mine at Murray. So he didn't play under Coach Nutt. He came in after Coach Nutt. And uh, Justin was a junior when I was a senior. So he was the captain of the offense. I was captain of the defense. And um, and so we were teammates. So, you know, when, when we got let go at Ole Miss, everybody's scrambling, looking for new opportunities and looking for jobs. And uh, Justin gets that job, and I call him. And I say, Justin, you know, I'd love to come, you know, coach your secondary for you. And he was, a, you know, he, it was funny. He said, man, I'd love to have, he was a little hesitant. He said, you know, we're taking over this job here in Memphis. You know, he said, it's not very, it's not very good. We got a lot of work to do. He said, you've coached in the SEC for a long time. You know, I'm, I'm just concerned that it's going to be a short stint for you and that you're going to leave. And the thing I told him, I said, Justin, I, you know, I worked for the same guy for 13 years. Loyalty is very important to me. I like coming to work with people I, that, that I care about, people that I have a relationship with. And, I, and you're my former teammate. I mean, I, you know, I want to come help build this with you. And, um, and so those, those, those first two years there with Justin, I had so much fun. We didn't win a lot of games, but I had so much fun. And, and I think a little bit of it was, um, you know, 
my years at Arkansas and Ole Miss, I was still the young coach on all those staffs, right? So we go to Memphis, and we're a staff of everybody's in their mid to late 30s, everybody, the head coach, the coordinator, you know, Barry Odom, who's the head coach at UNLV, was the head coach at Missouri, um, who we are very good friends. Um, I had a chance to really um, be looked at a little different as a coach, kind of with my, you know, 13 years of experience in the SEC, and we're all a new staff, and we're all young, and it's, you know, well, what do you think? You know, me, yeah, here's what I think. I get up on the board and I'm going, you know, so it was really a great opportunity for me to really, to really grow as a coach. Um, you know, and, and, and some of that's probably, you know, perceived by me that way as, you know, the young coach that's kind of always been there, but, and, and that might not be exactly how Houston always looked at me and other guys, but that's the way, you know, you're a young coach and you're coming in and every coordinator that comes in has been doing it for 20 years and, you know, you're trying, you know, so, um, I really had a chance to grow when I, when I got there. And uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, we didn't win a lot of games, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun, which, which led to me getting a job at the university of Texas. Um, you know, as a coach, you, you know, this as a coach, they always say your best resume is, is what you put on, on the field, your guys. And um, at, at, at Memphis, you know, that's, that's how I got the job with Charlie Strong to go to the university of Texas. Cause we were in the same league. And I really didn't have a relationship with Coach Strong. I had never worked for him or, you know, worked with him. Um, but when he got the job at Texas, he knew I had recruited uh, the state of Texas when I was at Arkansas. He saw my guys play in that conference, you know, and that was my resume. So he calls and asked me to come be a part of the staff, and then I do. Um, another thing that's funny about that. So, you know, Coach, Coach Lou Holtz had a huge um, influence on Coach Nutt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong worked for him at Notre Dame and South Carolina. So when I go to work for Charlie, never worked with Charlie before, we come, he starts to address the team. I'm like, wait a minute, I've heard this before. <laughs> you know? And so you could see the the influence that, that Coach Holtz had on both Coach Nutt and Coach Strong because, you know, their pillars and their beliefs Lou Holtz, you know, trust, commitment, and care, which I heard Houston talk about all the time. I started working with Charlie. I'm like, wait a minute, that's Houston stuff. Like, where did you get that from, Lou Holtz? You know, so uh, it was really cool to, uh, to 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 see how much of an influence Coach Holtz had on, on both those guys that I, that I ended up working with. Well, it's kind of cool because Coach Strong, you know, he's from baseball, Arkansas, played at UCA, so there's an Arkansas connection. It's kind of interesting. Y'all didn't cross paths there. Let me ask you this, and and I've always wanted to ask you this. I just wouldn't have been in the setting. You were there at Texas. Talk to – people don't, don't understand, the you know, there's pressure everywhere. Coaches put more pressure on themselves. And, and at Texas – you know, Charlie goes in there, you know, was at, at Louisville and just does an awesome job, gets the job, you know, hot commodity, was a great defense coordinator at, at Florida also. You know, the pressure, is it unrealistic expectations there? or, or talk, Just outside looking in, talk to us about that. And that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, there is, right? You know, um, you've got all the resources. Um, you're expected to, uh, 
compete for national championships because of the resources that you have. It's the flagship. Now, people in t at Texas a might say differently, but it's the flagship in this big state, um, the flagship school in this big state. Um, and, the, and the expectations are very, very high. Um, college football, there's a lot more parity in college football now than there was in the 80s and in the 70s and the 60s. You know, you started to see that turn in the 2000s where a lot of the blue blood teams, they kind of lost their hold on, you know, teams. A lot of it's recruiting, right? Like you're when 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 the social when social media hit recruiting, it changed the the it changed the the the, the landscape, right? Because kids that grew up in 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 and it affected Arkansas a little bit. I'll, I'll get into that here in a minute. But um, kids that were saying, you know what, I grew up wanting to be go to school A, no matter what. They went because they weren't exposed to other programs. That that's where you know. So that's the only thing they knew. That's where they were going to go. And then all of a sudden, social media and uh, recruiting services and kids start to travel. Kids start to go look at different places and go, all I ever knew was this school. But, man, they've got this at this school. They do this at this school. And so that really changed things in recruiting and all of a sudden really opened some things up. Texas used to – so Texas used to be – I would go into Texas to recruit, and I, all I would want to know from the high school coaches has Texas offered them. Because if Texas offered them, I was on to the next guy. You, you weren't going to beat them there. I mean, and a lot of times they were committed as sophomores. Mm -hmm. Now, what that did is it, cl it cleared the board up, you know, because they couldn't take everybody. But that was one of the things I wanted to know. Well, as time, you know, when I get there, we're in recruiting battles now. You know, I thought, you know, when I get to Texas, I'm going to have this, this longhorn on my shirt. I can go get anybody I want. Well, the fact of the matter was the the I, I, I thought that because if I was competing against, you know, uh, somebody that wasn't as prestigious as Texas, that it'd be easy. But all of a sudden, I'm competing against Ohio State. I'm competing against uh, Florida State. I'm competing against Georgia. I'm competing against LSU. So all of a sudden, it's 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 all relative again, you know. And so we got into some of those recruiting battles, which which hadn't been done. You know, um, not very many people told Mac Brown no. Yeah. You know, um, you know. So the dynamic had changed a little bit, and now we're in some of these recruiting battles for some of these really good players in the state of Texas. And um, you know, it, it was it was different. So there was a shift in, in recruiting. Um, I think. You know, trying to put your finger on, you know, everybody asks, when's Texas going to make the turn and get back to being the the Alabama or the Ohio State, you know, back to that. And I don't know the answer. Um, it's hard because since Coach Brown left, the, the last, you know, couple coaches that have come in there have had the resume that warrants them having the opportunity to be the head coach at Texas. Right. But for whatever reason. It just hasn't, they haven't won the Big 12. You know, they hadn't gone to, you know, and now you could argue that um, teams like TCU with Gary Patterson that did a great job of developing kids, didn't worry about the stars, didn't worry about if they were four or five star, go get the best players, and they had time to develop them. You know, Texas is in a unique place, unique situation where 
They have to win on signing day and on game day. Where teams that you've seen grow in the Big 12, Baylor, TCU, they're not under the same um, expectations on signing day where they can go get a raw guy that's got a lot of upside, bring them through the program, and by year two or three, they're ready to go and really competitive, and they've gotten bigger and stronger, and, you know, the upside on some athletes or, you know, that that's the biggest thing when you're developing players. You're trying to, you know, it, 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 that's one thing that really helped us at Arkansas, right, yeah. is um, we took, we you know, in state, we had some kids that had a lot of upside, and when we got them, we had time to develop them. You know, I think sometimes when you when you go out and get a five star that's, you know, at the top of their ceiling, that, that you turn the tape on, they're bigger, faster, stronger than everybody on Friday night. But when you get them, there are, you know, the, that 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 level of you, they'll probably play early because they're pretty advanced. But the level of, you know, where they can go from there, you know, so there's an argument there, you know, uh, about why. You know, some, you know, some other teams have, have done better in the Big 12 or if they've come or, you know, but, you know, what I will say is Coach Sarkeesian kind of watched him for a while at Texas. He's he's a really good coach. Um, got him going in the right direction. This they, They're talented. You know, uh, this, this could be their year in the conference before they go to the other conference, which will pose a lot of other uh, issues for them. But uh, what I was going to say about recruiting and how it affected Arkansas is – you know, I, I remember there was a distinct time, and I remember exactly what had happened. I won't mention it uh, there because everybody everybody that's listened to you would know exactly what it was. They can probably use their imagination now to find out what I'm talking about. But it went from kids going, if I'm a if I'm a really good player in Arkansas, I go to Arkansas. But if I'm an elite player, I go to so and so because. You know, you know, so it was like, well, you know, I know I know really good players from my school that have gone up on the hill, but nobody's ever been able to go to so-and-so from here, you know, or so-and-so. So I want to go to so-and-so. So we lost some battles, you know, on some kids, some recruiting battles while we were there because of, again, more exposure, you know, and it was the kind of hip thing to do is to say, yeah, there's going to be. 20 guys in the state that can go up there, but only I can go over here. You know what I mean? So there, there was some of that that we dealt with. And again, that was because of the way the shift in recruiting and, and taking trips, you know, you almost got, I'll tell you this about recruiting. If you can, if you can get a kid on campus and your competition doesn't, you got a great chance of signing a kid. Well, kids starting to travel. They're starting to see things, and I want to go take a look at it. I want to go. Then all of a sudden, it's you know, here we go. Yeah. So, you know, well, and you just nailed that. You take Clemson for example, and I've listened to Dabo and even their social media guy. You know, you just hit it about national recruiting. You know, they really got big on social media and brought their campus to everybody to their living room, and yeah. you're seeing that, and that was kind of the you know, their takeoff and, and they've always had good players and, and that right. part of it, but it was kind of interesting. Well, after Texas, which that was interesting because I've always, you know, I've had buddies go coach there and they'll just, when they leave, they just kind of shake their head, you know, just, and I've just always wanted to know yep. you, you go on and now you're a scout for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. With the, talk to us a little bit about that transition. You know, obviously you're qualified. You've recruited people. You probably know half of them out there anyway. Is <laughs> is uh, 
the transition, that part of it, it just fall in your lap or, and I, and I know you probably had a relationship with Mr. Jones and, and, you mm-hmm. know, with the Arkansas Dallas connection, talk to us a little bit about that process. Well, you know, the, 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 my, my foot into the door was, was James Sheevist. So James and uh, Stephen were roommates at Arkansas, That's still true. great friends. So when it was time for me to make the transition, I, you know, I always knew because I, I love evaluating players. Um, I love that process and um, making that transition. You know, I was, you know, I, you know, I, I needed somebody to help me get in those doors. Right. Because, you know, the first, the first thing is people go, well, you've been a college coach for a long time. You know, you're out of coaching right now, but you're going to go back as soon as you get an opportunity. And so I had to prove to to the Cowboys a little bit that, you know, hey, this is this I'm making a career change. This is really what I want to do. I always knew if I wasn't coaching that I wanted to scout like I'd be the guy that, you know, when scouts came in, I'd ask them about their schedule or, you know, because you know it's one thing about coaching. It's 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 so um, it, it's such a, a hostile and unstable profession, especially the higher up you go, that you're always kind of keeping your eye on the back door for another opportunity, right? Just in case something doesn't, you know, fall your way. So, you know, I was always interested in, in, you know, because there's so many parallels between scouting and, and recruiting. Um, so I was always interested. So, so when I had the opportunity, James, James made a call for me and uh, I was able to get my foot in the door. You know, I was, I basically consulted for the first year, you know, um, I, I, I stayed in Austin, did some work, you know, remotely would go up. I was an hourly pay guy, you know, or, you know, again, proving to them that, Hey, I can do a good job. And this is what I want to do. And I, I'm very, I'm very uh, grateful for that opportunity for them just to give me an opportunity to show that I could do it. And this is what I wanted to do. And then they hired me full time after that one year of really consulting. And, and, uh, and, and I think a lot of the things that I learned as a, as a, in recruiting as a college coach helped me on this, you know, evaluating the, 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 the way you the process is different, but there, but it's it's relative, right? So, if a, if a high school kid can't break the long run in high school, he's not going to do it in college. Well, same thing. We evaluate college guys. If he can't break the long run in college, he's not going to do it in our league. Um, so, there's a lot of parallels, a lot of a lot of things that are relative um, in you know it, it, as far as evaluating and recruiting. Now, the process is a little bit different. We have so much more time uh, to evaluate these players now a lot of it is because we pick them they don't pick us that's one of the first things i learned right i'll never so there's this older scout that was with me and so we're sitting down talking to this recruit and so my first year i'm recruiting this guy you know our place in 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 frisco we got the best facility and and this and that and this and that and this older scout i mean kind of gruff and kind of asking him questions that in a way that was kind of it wasn't a recruiting way. Like I was thinking like, if I would have asked him that question that way, that kid ain't choosing me. He's going somewhere else. So the old timer after it was done, he said, Hey, let me tell you something. You didn't ask some of those hard questions. You got to remember this. They ain't picking us. We picking them. And, <laughs> and it made all the difference because, you know, I can ask the hard questions without offending them or uh, making them go, why did it, you know, or I could challenge them on some things. Hey, I've heard that you're that that you need to be a better worker. Or I heard that, you know, uh, you don't study enough tape off, you know, uh, uh, during during the week. Well, 
that's probably not a conversation we're trying to recruit a kid and you're trying to get you, you're thinking, okay, if I can get him, then I'll get him, you know, I'll teach him to do those things, or I'll, you know, but I need to get him. He needs to pick me. It's totally different in NFL. We pick, they got no choice. So I mean, we, you know, so there, there's a we know him a little bit better because we've got time. Um, it would be it would be hard to trans to transition back the other way because of the the way the 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 recruiting timeline works, right? Um, you, 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 to be, to be perfectly honest, sometimes you have to offer them before you're done with the evaluation so that you can continue to evaluate. It's the only way you're going to stay in the fight, right? You you know, you can't tell a kid that's got, you know, six or seven major offers that, Hey, you know what? I really like you, but I'm still doing some work on you. And, uh, I'm going to offer you here in about a month. And they got, you know, seven, seven, eight offers they're like well next time you call they ain't answering your phone call. I already got eight offers over here so you know yeah i'll offer you you know because you gotta you know you gotta stay in the fight to to get to the end point you know so and it's and that's just totally different than than what it is here we've got to you know we we go to see him practice we talk to everybody in the building um we see him at all-star games i mean so the, the process of evaluating not just the player but the person is so different. Um, uh, I wish there was a way to get that done in college. It's just the recruiting process just moves way too fast. It has to because of the way it's they're picking the teams instead of the team picking them. That's amazing. You know, you go from wanting them to pick you and, and you're picking them. So, and, and, and sometimes, and I know you've had some recruitings where you'd rather be doing the picking than them picking you a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, w- I would love for it to be on the, the other hand, yes. but that's not the way college uh, college recruiting is. Well, I'm going to turn it over here to Bray and, and, okay. and, and the mouth here, and then I'm, we're going to rally back around me and get you off here. Go ahead, Bray. All right, no problem. Coach, you kind of hit on uh, a lot of the things I wanted to ask you about, uh, about the differences uh, in the college and NFL recruiting versus scouting and evaluations and things. Um, but from my experience, you know, the college side of it is, yeah, you you identify, you build the relationships, but there is that, you know, wine and dine them, you know, you kind of show them what your program's about. Uh, and obviously it's different, like you just said, where you're at now. But is there still that aspect of of maybe with a high level target or, or a guy maybe um, that you're trying to um, get off a practice squad from somewhere else where you are trying to sell your program a little bit, or or is that even completely irrelevant? Yeah, so that that that's great. This will help me kind of bring this all the way back. So um, the draft process and the free agency process are different, right? Because the free agency process is a lot like recruiting. And I mean, I get excited about that now. You know, I mean, I really do because that's kind of my old wheelhouse. You know, and that usually starts to happen late in the draft when you're trying to talk to agents about, hey, if your guy don't get picked up here in the next, you know, we want him and this is why, because we got this and this and this. And and hopefully you've done, you know, built a rapport with a young man during the process, whether it be at an interview or at a bowl game. And so, you know, the free agent, whether it be college free agency or pro free agency, is a lot more like recruiting because they're picking you. So you got to make, you know, you got to put your best foot forward to to make it seem like it's the best opportunity for them to get them to, to pick you, which is different than the draft process where we're picking them during the draft. But yes, when we get when we get to free agency, that there, I try to pull out some of my old uh, tricks and uh, <laughs> sure, sure. We, when we get to that, some some. Uh, you know, I start talking about the facility a little bit more and, 
you know, uh, the, 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 um, the, the way that the, the star is, is, uh, is thought of around the world and, and, and what, you know, what can, after you're done playing, how this can help. So those are a lot of things that uh, used to talk about when I was recruiting uh, in college about, you know, Hey, when you're done playing college ball, you know, playing at so-and-so school will help you, you know, when you're done. So a lot of that starts to come back into play when we start talking about uh, free agency. Sure. Sure. And, and kind of going along with that a little bit, uh, let's say I'm headed to Frisco or I'm headed to Dallas next weekend. Where, where are the three spots and I need to sit down and have a meal. Uh, oh, it's a good question. So according to what you want. So, um, and here's what I'll say. I don't know all the places. I'll tell you where I eat when I'm in Frisco. Okay. So um, I'll go to uh, La Hacienda uh, for, for Mexican, which mm-hmm. is really, really good. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Campisi's for Italian. Right there, that that place is awesome. <laughs> yeah. First time I ever went to Campisi's, Coach Nutt took me. I was coaching at Arkansas, uh-huh. uh, and, and we were recruiting in Dallas and went to Campisi. So I still go there. There's one in Frisco. Uh, La, La Hacienda uh, is in is in Frisco, and Hard Eight is a really good barbecue place up in that area. Okay. Uh, you know, it's one of those a la carte, you walk in and they've got the big, you know, you go pick out, yeah, I want that piece of chicken and that those ribs right there. It's all out there, all being cooked and smoked right there. You just kind of pick it off and then go get your side. So those are probably my three spots that I go to uh, when, when I'm in the area. All right. Noted. And the, the important things. <laughs> exactly. All right, Mouth. All right, uh, Coach. Great to have you on, first of Thank all. Thank you. Uh, Thank uh, you. Been, been, a, been a big Fan of you, fan of yours, and as as fate would have it, one day five or ten, eleven years ago now, I guess, long time ago, your uh, Marquette, your wife comes into the Boyer Advising Center, and uh, I was advi- I was her advisor, and uh, I said Vaughn, and I looked up her stuff, and it said I looked up on the screen, said Murray, Kentucky. I said, Are you? Ma- are, are you married to Are you married to Coach Vaughn? And this was right when y'all got back from your six week vacation in Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and as how things really go, I was I graduated from Rice when my dad coached there, and one of my one of my dads and my and my mom's good friends from Rice, Will McClay. Will and I had cl- had classes together at Rice wow. when he came back to graduate. <laughs> Before he wow. hit the Arena League, you know, and became yep. a Hall of Fame Arena League player. Yep. Um, and then my dad uh, played next to Jerry Jones on the uh, national championship team. My dad was the tackle on ever what's ever what side, and Jerry was the was the guard. I think my dad weighed a massive two fifteen, and <laughs> and, and, uh, and Jerry was one eighty five. I think that I think, they had a lot of meat on the line. <laughs> yeah, so they were they were they were foot they were quick off the ball. <laughs> they were quick off the ball. So last night I was talking to uh, Kim Dameron, who recruited and played at Arkansas, coached with my dad at UNLV, going to see him Friday night in the Battle of Fort Smith with the uh, uh, South Side versus North Side. He sent me the South Side T-shirt, so I'm gonna be decked out. Um, <laughs> And uh, he said, uh, "Tell he said, tell Chris I recruited him. He was a great player for for us at Murray, 
he said, but uh, where did Deuce get his Twitch? Because Chris has no Twitch. <laughs> so, let me, let me tell you, so let me tell you a story about that. Uh, well, so he got his Twitch from him, his mom, and his mom will tell you. So she is always like, she'll never say like, well, he probably got some of that from you. It's always like a cousin. Oh, he reminds me of my brother or my cousin. I'm like, well, I don't get any of the credit, you know. Uh, and so I'm I'm good. She'll she'll say it's all from her side, and Kim will say it's all. So Kim, um, I just absolutely love. I mean, just again, he was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a college football coach. Um, because of people saying, well, you can't have a relationship in college like you did in high school, and he was one of the one of the guys. That showed me that you could. So I got drafted. I got drafted. I got recruited to Murray State. This, he'll, when you talk to him, he'll laugh about this. So I'm five, ten and a half. I still am. You're taller than he is. Oh five, huh? You're taller than he is. <laughs> yeah, but I'm two oh five. So we're running the eight man front. So I want you to think about when I was at Arkansas back in the day. That was the same defense we ran. So Tony Bua, uh, Jimmy Beasley. So we're running the same defense, right? So they recruit me to Murray to kind of play that strong safety outside linebackers. And then we run forties. Well, I become an inside linebacker. Pretty <laughs> You'll laugh about that. Um, but the other thing, his wife, Debbie is a Murray girl. So we, there's a connection there. Um, but I remember when he left and he left to go to Cincinnati. He left right. Murray. And we played in, we played Eastern Kentucky, which was close to Cincinnati. And this is the type of impact that he had on us as players. He came to the game. And I'll never forget this. He's standing on the sideline. And he wasn't standing on our sideline. It was almost like he was in the end zone. And so he wasn't in the coaching box. He was on. But I remember one of my teammates made a play. Kenny Thomas in the back of the end zone. And I can still vividly see Coach Dameron with a Cincinnati jacket on, giving him a high five, and 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 that player going straight to him, even though he was gone, to give him a high five. This is like in the middle of a game. Like it might, it probably should have been a penalty, right? Because this guy ain't with us, you know. But that's the impact that he had on to me when I see things like that, you can tell that it was more than coaching with coaches. Right. So another highlight of my coaching career is this guy recruited me. I played for him and then he came to Ole Miss and then I, and then I worked with him in the secondary. And so a big part of who I am as a coach, big part of who I is because of Kim Dameron and uh, absolutely love you. So Kim, remember, he was young when I was a player. Right. So right. Kim's not I mean, Kim's got to be. How old do you think Kim is? He's early 60s now. 61. Early 60s. So he's probably 13, 13 years older than me, you know, whatever. Yeah. So Kim was pretty young. I mean, he was in his early 30s when he was coaching me at Murray, right? Right. So he would, my wife, this is why, so tell Kim, my wife used to think he was so good looking. So he would be running. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. To, she hadn't seen him lately, has she? <laughs> So, so she, and he will, what's funny is he used to say, that's my girlfriend. She said, that's my boyfriend. I mean, cause 
you know, so Kim, I mean, he, he used to kind of have the long hair, you know, just kind of, you know, this is the 90s now, you know, he'd be running on campus, you know, you know, probably shirt off, you know, little shorts. And so all the girls, all the girls on campus, you know, would, oh, look, you know, little coach, they go so-and-so, you know. So she used to talk about Coach Damon all the time. So then he would mess with me about it, right? Like, hey, Marquette talked to me today. You know, she said hello <laughs> to me today. So. Hey, can I, can I ask you something? About, so uh, Kim Dameron was Mark uh, Termidal before Mark Termidal with the long hair at TCU, <laughs> the special teams coordinator, right? Yes, yes. Yes, he had he had the baby mullet. It wasn't a full mullet. But oh yeah, you know, I know because he was coach with my dad at UNLV for one year. Before he came to, he was lucky to get off that Batan death march at UNLV. <laughs> got those, to come to those, those, those kids there probably won't realize uh, until they're gone. That's usually how it happens, right? Is you, you realize after you're away from your coach the type of influence that they've had on you. But they got a great one there, and. Uh, and, and I'm appreciative of him because of my time with him and loving the death. And I want to tell you one story he gave me. Uh, this was weeks ago when when Deuce was first starting playing at Kansas State. And it, and it was must-see TV for me to tune in on Saturdays when I wasn't at a Razorback game to watch him because he was just whoop, 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 in, out. Now, he said, let me tell you a story. I said, okay. He said, I'm at Kansas. And I um, he was – what do they call it? He was a analyst. He was a analyst. Analyst there at Kansas. And he said, I I bring in this tape for do for of Deuce. And uh I show it to the director of football operations. He says, Coach My Coach Miles likes big backs. Big backs. Gotta have big backs. Got gotta get physical, gotta have be able to run over people. And Kim was telling me that, and I got to laughing, and I said, "Well, if 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 Les hadn't been so stuck on big backs, he may still be coaching at Kansas <laughs> if he had taken if he had taken Deuce." Okay, I'm just I'm just saying. And then when I get, I just want you to know, Jeff and I are coming with a group of people, uh, November thirty, uh, no December thirtieth, to the Green Bay game. We're going to sit. We're going to be in Joe Hickman's box. He was, he was my dad's manager at El Dorado when he was head head coach, and uh, but that was my funny story. Uh, and Coach Nutt, of course, was giving me all kinds of. Th- you got to ask Chris this. You got to ask Chris. But he said, "I said, Coach, I think I got a good one for him." He said, "What's that?" I said, "I'm going to ask him about the twitch." He said, "Oh, he'll love that one." Oh, no doubt, no doubt about it. He he get, dudes gets it from his mom, and she will say, and she will tell you that. Oh. I got to have a number forty-two jersey. I got to find one. That's all I can say. <laughs> hey, well, coach, we'll get you off here. I, I want to leave you with one last question, and you know, everybody's watched you know draft day, and you know, and in the in the you know the NFL's made up of secrets. I mean, it's, it's a tight lip, you know, it's, oh, yeah. you know, I heard Bill Parcell said, say one time, we're not in the business of giving information away. We're in the business of taking information. No doubt. <laughs> talk, talk to us about this getting up to draft day. I know you're in there with scout. How intense is that? Is it, you know, the, obviously you're organized, you're right. You don't know what's going to happen. Who's jumping. You, you know, you probably had a high idea. You're listening to rumors. Who's going where talk to us a little bit about 
leading up to draft day in the, in those days in the draft. Yeah. Well, to, to, you know, mouth mentioned Will McClay and, um, he is a, a wonderful, wonderful man to work for. I mean, just normal guy, formal coach, um, down to earth. And the amount of work that, you know, the Joneses, that Will and our staff do before those three days kind of sets everything up because there's so many moving parts, right? So, you know, you have to have contingency plan for contingency plan. And, um, and so it's not nearly as now here's what I'll say about, I love draft day. It's a great movie, but it's like all movies, right? So yeah. just like the program, just like some of, you know, uh, any given Sunday, every possible scenario, negative and positive that can happen. They put in one movie. Uh, so, you know, everything you saw in that movie might've happened over a 20 year period happened in the same draft. Um, it's not, it's, if you've done the work and prepared the right way, then it's not as contentious as that in most situations. Uh, now, the conversations when you're talking about trades, you know, but there's a there's a, a protocol to that. You know, we've, we've got a, you know, a great feel for, you know, somebody calls us and wants to trade, you know, what that value looks like to us and, and what we're willing to take, you know, because a lot of times everybody's trying to get. Nobody wants to say it was an even deal, right? Everybody wants to get, everybody wants to come out on the best side of the deal. So, you know, we've got a great protocol and a great process to, you know, when somebody, you know, ask us, you know, we'll, we'll look at things and say, yeah, that's a good deal. We'll think about it or no, we're going to need a little bit more than that. You know, so all those things are, you know, are done and set up, you know, the process. The Joneses have done this for years. Um, and, and that's one thing I will say is that um, he's got a great reputation of, 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 evaluating talent and uh and 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 on draft day uh coming out with some 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 gems and 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 guys that that meet their potential um but the work so much work is done before those for those before those days that it's it's almost a dance like okay well it's coming up this is what we're going to do and you know so we get into some conversations of you know well who's there you know who's you know, by the time we're looking who, you know, we'll get into conversations about, you know, well, we'll you know, is this guy, we like this guy right here, but is he going to be here for our next pick as opposed to this other guy? You know, so if we take this other guy, we got a chance to maybe get this guy in the next round because he might still be there. So there, there's a lot of conversations that go in there, but the work has been done so that, you know, it's not, you're not, you're not, you know, throwing papers up and you're looking to find, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty organized where you kind of go from here to here to here. And, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a great experience. I mean, it really is. And so, you know, as the assistant director now, this was my first year in the, in the, 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 the war room on draft day. And uh, it was different to, to, to see the inner workings because before, you know, our area guys are kind of off, you know, in the office adjacent and we're kind of hearing things, but it's different when you're in there. And Mr. Jones say, well, Hey, what do you think about so and so? Uh, this is what I think, you know. So, uh, which was which was an awesome experience. But uh, those guys do a great job setting things up, so it looks like it's calm. Uh, it's like seeing a duck. Everything on you know on the water, everything's really calm. But underneath everything, you know, his, his feet are going. It's a lot like that during the draft process. Well, it's kind of funny. It is. I know a couple of years ago, you know, 
everybody's a draft expert. You know, all NFL fans, I'm a big Cowboys fan, and I am a draft expert. I know who they need. They're, you know, that's like everybody else. And I remember a couple of years ago, I'm going, we got to have a corner. We got to have a corner. And somebody jumped up in a trade and took the corner. I don't remember who it was. And y'all end up getting Micah, per, uh, you know, Micah, who's just a maybe the best in, best defense player in the, in the NFL and unbelievable. And I, and I remember sitting there going, I think that guy will work, but we still need a corner. You know, it's just funny how all that works and how the guys fall in and, you know, in, into your lap and, and all that deal. I would, I would say Micah, it's it, since I've been there, I would say Micah and CD Lamb, the way those two guys fell to us in different scenarios was unbelievable. And, and yeah. they're, they're two of our best players uh, on our team. Um, but we didn't anticipate them being there because we thought somebody else would take them. But again, like I said, there's so many moving parts that you look up and you're like, wait a minute, this, this is the top guy on our board. He's looking at us like he's staring there at us, uh, regardless of position. So, uh, you know, just seeing how those things unfolded uh, was was really interesting. But it goes back to how, you know, how things are so, you know, how things you go into a draft and you're thinking, OK, because you're also anticipating what other clubs are going to do. Yep. You know, and then when somebody does something different, everything kind of reshuffles. You know, so, you know, if, if everything happens the way you kind of, you know, then your pick could be this, but as soon as something kind of happens, all of a sudden you got a different group of guys to pick from the guy you wanted is gone. Or so, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, so that's the fun part about the draft is that it's, you know, it's, it's intense from that standpoint because the board keeps changing after every pick, right. Just, you know, so, uh, so it makes it really interesting. Well, that, that, it's just very interesting to me how all that works, just the pieces in, in that part. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you having you on. Hey, good luck to you and the Cowboys, and good luck to, to Deuce. We're going to – he's got one more preseason game, and yep. hopefully we'll be – he'll be returning kicks and, and 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 running the ball a little bit for the Cowboys this year. More excited, and congratulations to you. And uh like to have you on again and good to yeah, see you. I hadn't seen you. you. I hadn't seen you in a while and it's good. I to, know it, brother. Good to see you. Good to see your face. If right? I get down there, I'm gonna look you up and, and we'll visit a little bit and everything. But appreciate you coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, see you, Chris. Thanks, coach. Man, was that not interesting? I mean, talking about you know, recruiting and then I think one of the biggest things getting out of that is is we're not having them choose us. We're choosing them as an NFL scout. I mean, you know, his time at Texas and, and then obviously at Arkansas and watching his career, uh, and, you know, talking about his son also. I mean, unbelievable interview. Yeah, one of the things I think that was kind of um, big that he, he talked about a little a couple times was the relationships in, in college coaching, you know, that, that are important. Like he said that, you know, he was told you can't really have that in college and, and he, he wanted to make sure that that was a priority for him. But also whenever you leave a school and, and, and what that means to a 19 year old um, athlete who you have made that relationship with. And, and that was cool for him to touch on that. It was mouth. what do you think? I thought, I thought Chris Vaughn, coach Vaughn was fantastic. He knocked the, knocked the interview out of the park he answered uh, every question we had with the utmost candor and truthfulness, and it w- it is a show 
that will go down in as one of our greatest ever. Yeah, and, and it was outstanding. Let's move in a different direction. Let's go ahead and hit week zero. Now, now Mouth, me and you have, uh, you know, we've got three people. We'll try to have a guest on, have a guest picker every, every week. But uh, it's going to be me and you and Grandma Na. We're going we're gonna to test our things with Grandma Na. Grandma Na is my mother-in-law. Uh, she watches a little football and, uh, she, you know, she likes to pick games too. So she wanted to be involved. So we're going to test our knowledge. She'll My probably knowledge, beat us. That's a good possibility. But, uh, but uh, uh, you know, I'm a competitor and I'm not going to let that happen. I heard I'm that. You no, know, and everything. All right, let's, let's get, let's, let's start off. Week zero is bringing, I went through games and we're just trying to pick them out. I got a couple of guys that helped me pick them out. Man, there's a bunch we left off. Just some oh, outstanding yeah. games this week. Let's start off here real quick. Let's kind of let's hit the five A West. Uh, you got Greenbrier traveling to Farmington. Uh, you know they're at home. They played last year. Greenbrier won. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Farmington won last year. They've both scrimmaged. Uh, Farmington's lost a lot of people on defense. Greenbrier feels like they've got a chance to be pretty good. Who does the mouth have in Greenbrier at Farmington? The mouth is going with Coach J.R. Eldridge and the Farmington Cardinals. Well, it looks like I'm going to do the same. And it looks like Grandma Na has gone with Farmington, going with the local team over here, is going mm-hmm. with uh, Farmington. Let's go to the next game, which I think is a very, very interesting game, is Little Rock Catholic at North Little Rock. Uh, Catholic, you know, had a great year, won the conference, got beaten the semi in six six A last year, semifinals last year. Uh North Little Rock coming in with a brand new coach, got hired late in Clinton Reed. Uh a lot of ups and downs. Heard they had an outstanding scrimmage though against El Dorado in, in their scrimmage. Uh who does the mouth like at North Little Rock uh, uh, Catholic versus North Little Rock? Man, um you just cannot go against John Fogelman. At Catholic, I mean, North Little Rock, they've had so much turmoil throughout the summer. Uh, coach, head coach resigns, new head coach comes in just weeks ago. I think North Little Rock will get better as the weeks go on, but I think week zero, uh, Catholic will be too much. Well, I'm going to go with John Foleman Catholic, too, and I, I agree with you. Grandma Nott is still on the uh, – Charging Wildcat bandwagon is she's going to go with North Little Rock. All right, let's go to our first game. It will be Thursday night, the Battle of the Bone there in Crawford County. We got Alma headed over to Van Buren. Van Buren's coming off a very impressive scrimmage against uh, uh, Farmington. Everybody feels like they're a lot better offensively. Alma's coming off a scrimmage with uh, with Ozark. Alma feels like they got as good a skill players as they've had. Don't have the linemen that they've had in the past. Who do you take? This, this game, I think, is one of the hardest games to pick. Who are you taking? I am going against, I'm going against the grain on this one. I'm going with the uh, Van Buren pointers. Well, I believe all three of us are. And, and I'm probably the biggest factor I'm taking Van Buren here is it's at Van Buren. Should be a heck of a game. Grandma Na is going with the pointers also. Is uh, I got a question about, the, uh, Van, about this game. Is uh, the quarterback for Alma, is he going to be? Ready to play? I, I think so. Uh, you know, we're, we're early on doing this early on in the week. Uh, uh, I've 
talk to them, and hopefully he'll be ready to go. Because I don't think he played Monday night. I don't think he played yeah. the Ozarks. Yeah, scrimmage. and so we'll see how that works out. Well, that's a big factor. We'd it's like to factor. know. We can change our picks. Yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's go. And you're very familiar with this team, Mouth. We got uh, Valley View and, and Harding Academy, a big 5A matchup. Harding Academy's in 4A, obviously. Went to the state finals last year. Valley View, Coach Cockrell and them. Feel like they got a chance to make a run. They won a playoff game last year. Feel like they got to make a run this year. Who are you liking in that one? Well, uh, I like Harding Academy for uh, Coach Evans does such an outstanding job there. Uh, two state championships or three in a row, three state championships in a row, I believe, and they lost to uh, Malvern. Malvern last year, and I got to go for them because my niece is a cheerleader. Harding Academy. So, oh, the so Homer. I got to go Homer. Homer. And I'm excited about this game because Valley View has a uh, a linebacker that is co- that is committed to the uni- to the University of Missouri. Excited to see him. Excited to see him pl- to see him play, and excited to see one of the latest Razorback uh, co- commitments. Uh, Coach Simmons at Harding. His Wyatt Simmons had com- committed to the Razorbacks yesterday. Uh, I saw that. So, um, really excited to see two fo- uh, two Division One A players go at it on opposite se- for each team. Well, that'd be, be exciting. Be a great game. Let's go on down to South Arkansas a little bit. We've got a powerhouse in Arkadelphia. You know they've been in the mix in four A, been state champions. Uh, long runs, and they're playing a very talented Camden Fairview team. Nick Vaughn feels like uh, just reports I've got a team camp. They feel like they've got a, you know a, a chance to really make some noise this year. Who you like in, in this matchup? Well, I got I got to go with the family once again. Uh, Coach Vaughn coached uh, my dad when my, at Four City when my dad was athletic director at Four City with. Uh, Coach Scott Reed and they moved to El Dorado with us when when we all went to El Dorado. Um, Nick's coming off a ten win season, first year out the box. So it, this will be a great game. But oh, I'm going, heck yeah. but I'm going with the card. I'm going with the Camden Fairview Cardinals. I'm a, I'm going to do the same just on the, the impact they've had a little bit in team camp. But I can see Arkadel has got good players and they and they do a great job coaching over. There. Grandma Nas also going with the Fairview Cardinals. Next matchup I think is a very interesting one is Pulaski Academy and Joe T Robinson. Joe T's coming off last year. They've been state champions in 4A. They've jumped up to 5A. They uh very talented team. Coach Skull is always in the mix year in, year out. Uh Coach Lucas at PA coming off a state championship uh uh season last year. They also uh they scrimmaged Bryant. PA did. Bryant handled them pretty good in a half. Uh what do you think? I mean, this is a, a big matchup in Central Arkansas, especially well, in Little Rock. This is this is another great week zero game. This is this is this will just be fantastic. I uh, think they're both great te- great programs. I'm going with Pulaski Academy. I'm going to go with Pulaski Academy. Also, uh, Grandma Na is on the Senators bandwagon. She's taking Joe T. Robinson in this one. All right, let's go to. We're going to hit a few seven A's here and six A. 
big matchup, and I think this is one of the most interesting matchups there are. There is all all in week zero. Cabot going and traveling, going to travel to Fayetteville. Cabot at Fayetteville. Uh, Coach Reed and them had a nice scrimmage against Russellville. Believe one fourteen to nothing to half. Uh, Fayetteville did some good things against Greenwood, lost a scrimmage and a half to Greenwood. Uh, I think the key factor in this game will be Cabot's defensive line versus Fayetteville's offensive line. Mouth, who you got in this one? Well, I got a, uh, it'll be a great game. It'll be a great game. Oh yeah. Uh, I am going with the, uh, Cabot, uh, Cabot Panthers in this. I think coach Reed does such a, Fabulous job as a as coach for Cabot and he's family, so I can't go against family. But uh, but it's an interesting matchup between two great head coaches. Oh gosh, Casey Casey, uh, Casey Dick at Fayetteville and Scott Reed at uh, Cabot. Uh, the big I've heard that uh, Cabot is really good on defense this year. Second uh, in the secondary that they're playing really well in the secondary right now. Their linebackers are really are good. Uh, Cabot is uh, breaking in a uh, senior quarterback this year that hasn't hasn't played much till now. Played at the end of last year against uh, Bentonville in the playoffs when their when their starting quarterback was injured. But the but the key to this game is. Uh, can Cabot's defense make life hard on Drake Lindsey? Uh, if they can't get if they can't get pressure to him, and and he's able to just sit back there and try, like shoot duck, shoot fish in a barrel, it's going to be a long night for Cabot. But I'm going with the uh, Panthers. Well, I'm I'm going to go with. I think it's very difficult. I'm basing off. I think Cabot's defensive line, <coughs> excuse me, can can really handle everything. And I'm going to go with Cabot. Grandma Nas going with Fayetteville. All right, let's head over to God's country over here in Northeast Arkansas. We got West Memphis at Jonesboro. This game, the last few years, whoever you thought was going to win, didn't win. And it's a, it's one of the best rivals in the state of Arkansas. You've seen West Memphis. Jonesboro has a new coach. Talk to me about this ball game, Brent. Whoa. Um, Jonesboro has the uh, unique thing that happened to them this year. They're on their second coach in six months. Uh, coach uh, Quad Sanders left, left, had taken the uh, head coaching job at Jonesboro. He was the former defensive coordinator at uh, Bryant. Uh, then after he took that March, February, then, then six weeks later, surprise, surprise, Buck James jumps up and goes to Conway, and and, and what is Quad to do? When you're offered the Bryant job, you got to take it, and he loaded up and moved back, moved back to Bryant. Uh, Jones Jonesboro uh, ha, has got a long ways to their pro. They've got a long ways to go, but they can get there. Um, but I've seen West Memphis at team camps, and Golly, they're athletic. They're athletic. They're athletic. And I'm gonna go with the uh, blue De- blue devils. 
Friday night. Going with the Blue Devils. Well, I'm going to go with the Blue Devils also. I think they've got a you know, great defense line. I think this is a statement year for Coach Hooks and the West Memphis Blue Devils. But this game, you can't ever tell. Grandma Na is going to go with the Jonesboro Hurricanes. She's going against the green. Let's go to the next game. Uh, well, just as always, this is a game that uh, the – you know, Bryant versus Benton will be played on Saturday night at War Memorial Stadium. There are usually over 30,000 people there. Uh, talk to us about the Benton-Bryant game. Well, what, a, what a rivalry, first of all. I mean, you're within, I don't know, 10 miles of each other, probably, give or take, the Battle of Saline County. Um, interesting matchup because uh, Coach uh, – Coach Brad, uh, what's his last? The coach at Ben, Brad Harris. Brad Harris. He's done a fantastic. He's done a fantastic job, um, and he has got a great. He's got a great player in Braden Russell. Great, great tailback, and what what a way for Quad Sanders to make his debut as the co- head coach of the Brian Hornets in one Memorial Stadium, thirty to thirty five thousand folks. What an unbelievable experience it will be for him. And I am going with the Brian Hornets. Well, I'm going to go with the Brian Hornets also. Until somebody beats them, I'm taking them every time almost. <laughs> I mean, I, and, and Benton's played them pretty well in the past. Uh, and, and Brad's got a great team at Benton, and they're going to be in the mix in 6A. But Brian's there. All right, last game. This is the game that you'll be uh, attending this Friday night. The Battle of Rogers Avenue. Uh, I know a little bit about this game. Coach sent it probably about 15 times or 16. Uh, Northside at Southside. We've really broken this game. Me and you have off there all summer long. What do you think about the, the Battle of Rogers Avenue? First of all, let me say I, I'm excited about go, I'm excited about being a uh, spectator at the at the Battle of Rogers Avenue. I can't wait. To get to get there, going up on Thursday, where I'll, where I'll have all for all Friday, just to get the feel of around the city, how how everybody's reacting to the big game. Um, we'll, it will be an interesting game because we know what we know what Southside's going to try to do with that massive offensive line they got. They're going they're going to line up and go right at Northside. If I were if I were get if I was to guess, they're go, they're going to cut the get they're going to cut the game down into uh, probably as few possessions as they possibly can, and I think this is a uh, I think it'll be a close game. Rivalries always are, but I I think in the end I'm I am going with the with the with with Southside in this in this game. And I'm looking for them to be a probably, in my opinion, the sleeper in the state. Well, it's a very intriguing. You know, Northside's won the last five or six games in this, and, and probably been a little bit more talented in the last five or six years in, in Southside. Southside, uh, you know, we both got to see them up close and personal this week. You know, massive offensive line. Uh, Coach Stewart does a great job with those guys. Got good backs. The key to this game is I don't think it's Southside's offense necessarily. It's Southside's defense. Are they going to be able to play 
good defense, good defense and situational football. Uh, I think that's the key. But I think I could see Southside. I think they're going to win this one. They're at home. I'm going to go with Southside. Uh, Grandma Na is going to stick with the Grizzlies, and she's going to stay. Uh, going to go with the Northside Grizzlies. But uh, I think this is an outstanding game. Uh, both of these teams are, are they know each other real well, and whoever makes the the least amount of mistakes is going to win the ball game. But I'm going with Southside. Grandma Nas going with Northside. That is our top ten games of the week, and I'm really interested to see how this all folds out. Which, yeah, uh, you know, everybody's played benefit games, which we all know how it is once you get into it. Brent, talk to our, our audience before we get off here about what you're going to be doing at the Southside Northside game, throwing some T-shirts out. Go ahead and talk to our audience about that, and we'll get off here. Oh, yeah. Uh, glad to. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to throw out, uh, we're going to give uh, each, each, each cheerleader, each cheerleader group, Northside's cheerleaders, will get uh, 10, t- uh, 10 T-shirts to throw out into their stands, and the uh, Southside cheerleaders, We'll get 10 T-shirts to throw into the Southside fans. So that's it. So come out, support your local team, and who knows, you may catch a Coaches in the Mouth T-shirt. 